Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Happy Feast of St. Joseph. Ooh, that's right. It's Friday today. Happy Feast of me. <laughs> yes. Happy Solemnity. This is your year. This is your This feast is the day. year of Joey Scansella, everybody. That's right. Finally, Welcome to it. <laughs> finally, it's your turn now. It's, it's my turn. Well, every, really every March 19th, it's my turn. You still working on this Rubik's Cube over here? Uh, I just, I need to put it down. I, get, yeah, I have a problem always. with those things. So, Prodigal and the Priest and Me, this is our question edition. Came back in. I was on spring break, took the kids, and by I took the kids, as my wife said, we're going on a spring break trip, and I said, okay. And we went to San Antonio. You ever been? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's pretty. Great city. I like San Antonio. I have, I have kinfolk there. Do you? Yeah. Got some I, kin. I will say, well, I don't, you know, people already <laughs> think I trash Texas, with, which I don't really, to be honest. I am just, I'm a New Jerseyan at heart. I love New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I live in Texas and it has been a good state. My children have been, you know, born here. My wife is from here, but I've gone to so many towns in Texas. Great experiences. We've gone to the Hill Country, amazing barbecue, all that stuff. We've gone to Galveston, you know, the ocean and well, not the ocean, but the golf. Um, you know, there's a big difference. There is a big difference. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah As, we're, we're both Atlantic ocean yeah. people. Come on. Yeah. Um, forget the Pacific. That's trash. <laughs> what a trash ocean. Garbage. So now we're just ticking off the entire <laughs> West coast. And also I'm about to take Atlantic off the city the of San Antonio. Uh, it's kind of a little dirty. I got that vibe, like the LA kind of vibe, you know, I've never been which I LA, also just probably insulted all of LA. Well, they know it's true though. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get that? Yeah. Also, how's it okay to dye the entire river walk green, the water for oh, St. Patrick's Day? You were there on St. Patrick's Day. Well, yeah. Oh, you heard about it? No, no, no. I saw it. I'm like, mm-hmm. how's that okay? They do that in New York, though. I know, but how's it okay? With, <laughs> Either with whatever that river is they have. The like Hudson? the Hudson? Yeah. Do they do it to the Hudson? I don't. Probably not. I don't know. We'll have to look at it. I don't know. What I'm so, about. Um, yeah, that. The, the whole Green River thing always seemed weird. It's interesting. Um, when I was in San Antonio, or the, <laughs> the, the couple times I was there, I didn't I didn't find it to be like grungy or anything. Hmm. Maybe I don't, it was just the area I was in, probably maybe. the downtown area. Uh, I think it was there. San Antonio. Maybe it's like post-pandemic. You need to, it's maybe, just, I don't know. They need to hit us up and tell us, you know, if we go back where where to go so anyway yeah, let's right. get into the questions it's saint joseph's day i know we got day. some listeners down there yeah it's saint joseph's day we have um a few questions related to saint joseph Ooh. so i've been saving them for this edition so let's jump in thor says over the past week i've been reading the consecration of saint joseph and a side note to the preface of this question i don't doubt the ability or the holiness of saint joseph rather i've seen great things already come not only from the consecration but his intercession. Mm. Awesome. Um, I have a slight concern from the litany of St. Joseph. Yeah. All right. Matthew 6, 7 says, In praying, do not babble like the pagans, who think they will 
be heard because of their many words. I'm confused because the litany of St. Joseph and other prayers like that have long lists of titles, asking for prayers through them. I'm struggling with seeing how the litany of St. Joseph is not um, contrary to the words of Jesus here that we hear in Matthew 6, 7. Mm-hmm. So, Well, Thor, great name. God and, of Thunder. <laughs> and great question. Um, it is a good but, question, but we get a lot. No, it's, it's a question that's... that. When people, when people realize that they're like, wait, wait, so are we? Have we been doing it wrong this whole time? Right. Um, and the short answer is no. But the important thing is the why, and I think it's very important that you could turn that same logic around mm-hmm. and use it on Jesus's prayer that he tells us to say right after he says, "Don't pray babbling Don't like babble. the pagans do," and then he's like, "So Let say me, this it, thing." And not just say it once, right? Like when you pray, say this. Yeah. So whatever. And this is the Our Father, by the way, just in case. Yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. So whatever it means not uh, to babble like the pagans, it doesn't mean reciting a prayer that is uh, something written down. It doesn't mean every prayer has to be spontaneous or silent Mm -hmm. or or something like that. But we as Catholics often get slammed. For, for using formal prayers. Yeah, formal recited prayers. Yeah. Like, it's just like, uh, you're just going through the motions, which sometimes, oh, sometimes people are. Happens. Okay, sure. so there's a lot of ways yeah, we can yeah, take yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's uh, not get too we'll, bogged down, yeah, but yes. I hope we'll cover a couple of them, but okay. Uh, like the pagans, that's an interesting thing. Um, like the... Pagans unbaptized meaning? Pagans meaning, uh, well, at that time... Probably no. meaning non-Jewish. Non-Jewish, right? right? Yeah. Uh, because a big distinction between the Jewish people and those who are the the ethnoi, that's the just Greek word which means the nations or the non-Jewish peoples. Now, he's referring to something rather specific, and uh, I think it's it's helpful for us just to, to realize whatever that is, that's probably not a part of our culture right now, mm-hmm. right? Uh paganism as it existed at that time um, is not a thing now uh, in the way it was before. Right. Now, I think a big part of that um, is a sort of magical approach uh, to reciting texts Mm. um, where it's about reciting the words in this perfect way with the right intonation and everything to have command over some unseen power right Right. that's basically what magic is um and yeah i wonder if it's something like that so i don't know what it means to pray like the pagans did uh, at the time of jesus i just know that that we're probably being an anachronistic or reverse anachronistic uh right now um, when we say like reciting prayers like the litany mm-hmm. is to pray like the pagans did back then, I right. I highly doubt that. Right. Um, but it kind of goes to that whole thing you talked about at cultivate with this aspect of fasting and where it says like do not you know kind of fast in front of everyone and just kind of showing I'm oh, fasting sure, yeah. and this same I don't know whenever I hear babble you know like the pagans do I think of an insincere you know it, it, being insincere in our prayer and just doing it to be like, look how holy I am. Oh, I'm going to make sure this person sees yeah. me with my rosary or sees right. me with my, th-, you know, so like pray and, you know, 
the but does that mean that you can never pray in public? Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like it's you yes. have to understand yes, what he's does. saying there. No, <laughs> yes, kidding. it does. Yeah. No, you you have to pray behind locked doors. That's the only way because that's what what Jesus said, right? Right. Or we're not understanding what Jesus said quite right. Um which is don't pray in such a way that you're just building yourself up. Mm-hmm. Uh, pray for vain glory. Right. Um uh, if you're doing that, better that you go and pray in secret. Um, right. If it's a temptation for you to uh, to start, you know. Anyway, yeah. Not saying don't come to church, even if you struggle with that. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So this. Anything else you want to add on it? Well, just yeah. The only other thing is, like, there are some prayers that are very helpful to sort of like bring us to a place of meditation. Um, like that have a calming effect in the Eastern tradition, for instance, there's the, the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And they would recite that over and over and over again using a prayer rope, yeah. which, uh, kind of, Oh, I got it. Got it right here. He did this. this thing. No, he, he brought this because he knew we were talking about. No, I'm no. Just <laughs> yeah. This is what we're talking you, about. You know people. I don't look at those right, questions. <laughs> right here. This is what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, the prayer rope. Right. Um, which people often, if they see quickly, yeah, looks, think, looks like a rosary, rosary. but it's it's something that has you can a whip say the, the name of Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah, whip of cords. <laughs> um, you can say the name of Jesus over and over, or you can say, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Is it 10? Is it a decade? Yeah, it's actually 10. Uh, and how many times? Kind of as many as you want. I got a certain version of it because I basically use it as a rosary most of the time. But, nice. Um, but you can get really big ones or really small ones. Cool. Um, it's just, it's a thing. So like the whole point of saying that prayer is to give your mind something to fixate on um, so that you can actually like relax. Let me explain a little bit. I'm sorry I'm going to go into this uh, more than I thought I would, but this is the, why we only get two questions in. Yeah, I'm shooting for one today. So. No, we have to get two others. There are two others okay. about St. Joseph. I'm putting you, your okay. feet to the fire. So you got you got two minutes on the clock. Go. Oh, I got this. So um, the way our mind works, it needs to latch onto something. We can't ever just empty our mind. That's why Eastern religions that try and do that, uh, like yogism or whatever, yogic religions, um, where you're trying to reach a state of nirvana by completely emptying your mind, you're actually trying to break your mind doing that. Our mind works such that it needs an object to grab onto. So um, that's why sometimes when people are trying to just still their mind and pray and just listen to God, their mind jumps to all sorts of different things, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you find yourself very distracted. Your mind needs something to grab onto. That's how it works. It's seeking an object. Um in saying a repetitive prayer, you're giving it something to hang on to so that it can be at rest, and then you can start to listen. Um, like that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That happens with the rosary all the time. That happens with the Jesus prayer all the time. It's okay yeah. for that to happen. It's actually, I think of it, I used to be in astronomy, in astronomy. I was a physics major for the first three years of college, two years of college. <laughs> And um, and I spread the rumor instead of astronomy. I say, you know, Father Paul is into astrology. Astrology, <laughs> yeah. My brothers would love that. They <laughs> they are actual astrophysicists. And nice uh, people are like, so astrology, huh? Cool. Um, <laughs> tell my future. <laughs> but um, yeah. So so the point is, uh, when you're 
the way your eyes work, um, they don't see low light very well head on. They see it much better out of the corner of your eye, peripheral vision, just mm-hmm. the way the rods and the cones work. So if you're looking up at the night sky and you're trying to see a faint cluster of stars, something like the Pleiades, the Seven Sisters, mm. really beautiful constellation, seven stars very close together, very faint. If you look straight at them, a lot of them disappear. If you look off to the side and fixate your focus off to the side on nothing, out of the corner of your eye, all those stars appear in much sharper relief. That's kind of what this meditative style of praying can do by giving your mind something to latch on to, whether it's the Jesus prayer, the name of Jesus, or the Hail Mary yeah. and the rosary. Um, it can be like you focusing off to the side of the stars just a little bit so that out of the corner of your eye, you can actually start listening. If yeah. that, Just to mix the metaphors all the way. No, um, love it. That's not babbling like the pagans. Whatever the pagans are trying to do, with repetitive prayers it's to have control somehow over the divine and do this magical thing right um that's not at all what we're doing um and so things like litanies uh which don't even approach that sort of level of formal formal repetition as you would get in these other things i've talked about definitely okay and there is a danger and we just like kind of toss it out to say hey don't just say the words and not really Think about what you're saying. Right. Really, you got to dive in and think about that. And then also, just to add and wrap it up, I mean, I remember a time in my life where it was very hard uh, to be close to God. To be close to God. Okay. Put the Rubik's Cube down. Uh, to be like close to God. And I, I felt like I couldn't... I had no words. And I really clung on to things like the rosary. Set prayers that, in some sense, I didn't have to think about and... It drew me closer to yeah. the Lord. You know, what, so. No, that's exactly it. And one more point. If you're going to exclude set prayers like this, you're excluding also recitation of the Psalms, which is something that's been done forever and that Jesus did himself, right? Just reading through the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Like, is that babbling like the pagans? Definitely not. We just gave ourselves an applause. Yeah, for going four minutes when you told me to. <laughs> That's right. All right. Um, next question. Thank you, Thor. Great question. Um, next one. This comes from, and I don't think we answered this, so if we did, <laughs> yell at me. But it was a text that I got, and I didn't realize I got it, and I got it a long time ago, but it fits perfect with St. Joseph. So this comes from Nicole, Lindsay, Shelby, Ava, Mackenzie, Mary Grace, and Catherine. I take nice. it there's a, they're a girls group. They say, actually, they're a girls' group. They meet on Monday nights. You're very perceptive. So, Matthew one twenty-five. We have a question about St. Joseph and Mary. So, did Mary and St. Joseph really stay celibate throughout their marriage? The verse says they didn't consummate their marriage until Jesus was born. Say what? Question mark. We, as a girls' group, would love to know if the translations are different. Why would they even mention this at the Bible at all to say until Jesus was mm-hmm. born? Um, so that's their question. I get many people that ask this. It's kind of like the brothers and sisters of Jesus yeah. question, things yeah, yeah. like that. But they're like, why even put that word until? Because now it leaves you know speculation mm-hmm. in your mind to be like, oh, so after mm-hmm. they weren't you know right. celibate and chaste. So Bible guy, go go for it. All right. Two minute drill. <laughs> yeah. Um, great question again. Very similar to the last question, actually. Like, how do I understand this thing that to me sounds like this, but that can't be right? Right. Um, but some people think this. 
Yeah, some people think it, but it goes against like all of church tradition. Yeah, or the dogma of Mary, perpetual virgin. Yeah, which is based on all of church, like <laughs> right. everything the ancient uh, right. church fathers and the early Christians thought, and just like the whole wealth of like it completely goes against it. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, short answer is yes, they were uh, celibate and chaste. Um, entire life. Yeah. Entire life. Uh, and. The short answer for the grammatical thing is that until can be exclusive and it can be inclusive. Why put the word? So what I mean by that is like it can mean until this happens and then after that something changes. Or it can mean until this happens and after that stays the same. So why put in the word until? Because the firstborn son is a really important thing theologically. You want to make that point that he is their firstborn son. Um, Because of all that means with regard to the old covenant and uh, towards the Passover fulfillment, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's actually like, I don't know. But in Greek, it's not. <laughs> Wait, so, you know, it's actually like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my favorite. <laughs> that was my favorite line you've ever said in all the podcasts. Man, 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 man. You got, I don't know. No, you got to do the remix. No, I don't want the remix. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> Trying too long. To, on, on the two-minute drill here. Yeah. So, um, but we already passed that. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so that's that's the, the short answer to it is that... Um, so people shouldn't have fear, though, that yeah. like, oh, well, this proves that somebody else, see, they weren't virgins. You know, St. Joseph wasn't Chase. Mary There's, wasn't, you know, like... I mean, the whole, like, <laughs> like imagine all of the saints being wrong throughout history about this yeah like oh shoot i didn't read that part of the bible right like that that's why the tradition of interpretation of the scriptures is so important it's not to say that like it boxes us in somehow um and that there isn't always more to discover in the in the interpretation of the word of god but it does mean like we don't have to be afraid we're going to find something sort of gotcha like like a sort of common teenager gotcha thing from the Bible is like, well, I mean, if, if Adam and Eve had these kids and then like, so who did their kids have kids with? And it's like, man, I don't know. <laughs> but like, but like, does that mean that just like, like all right, right, that's it. Bible's why fake. weren't the dinosaurs on the ark? Yeah, I mean, the di- <laughs> things like that, yeah. you know? So, so like, uh, not to make light of this question, yeah. it no, is no, a no. good question and it's a better question than those ones, but it's, we shouldn't be afraid uh, of anything right. um, with regards to our faith or not knowing the right thing. If we know what the church teaches, like right. the Holy Spirit has preserved the church and in its interpretation of these. Yeah. Um, and and, the and church just universal. to be clear, so church teaches everybody, there's four Marian dogmas. Uh, One of them is perpetual virgin, right? Yeah. We see that in, I want to say Isaiah seven fourteen, where it says a virgin shall give birth, yeah. you know, Call him yeah. Emmanuel. We're so first here. Version, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. So, um, dude, no street creds for that right oh, there. That's great. I you mean, did, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Nice. Um, yeah. So, read, if, if you're interested in Marian stuff like this, read Brant Petrie's book called Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. Mm. Um, also, who we both, I think the same authors we tossed out last time. Oh, Dr. Yeah. <laughs> Mar- uh, Mark Maravalli also has one introduction to Mary. He yeah. teaches a class on Mariology. Great so, stuff. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. These questions. All right. So, 
These other two are related to people that have been doing the consecration and just questions that have popped up in their uh-huh. head. And they're like, all right, so I've been doing the consecration. I read how some people believe there are two different types of way that maybe St. Joseph died. One was kind of Joseph died and was assumed. The other is that he is lying in corrupt somewhere. Um, and one day it will be a great discovery for the church. Do you guys believe one of those or lean towards one of those or something else totally? I have no real strong opinions on this. No, even what do like, you say? So here's where I'm torn. I do think it would be really cool if his body is incorrupt, like somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, really? Is it like it hasn't been discovered? And then, I mean, maybe. We just discovered some new Dead Sea Scrolls the other day. That's true. I mean, that would be epic if that happened in our <laughs> lifetime, right? Yeah, it strikes me as the kind of thing that like probably in God's providence we wouldn't ever discover. Like like that wasn't meant to be discovered. You know, like, right. like the Grail and Indiana Jones and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> but you were in the Holy Land for a year. Yeah. You lived I there. looked everywhere. <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, I did live there. But it is interesting that no one mentions like his death, anything. Yeah. He's very silent. Very silent. Very silent. So these are my thoughts. You ever see that shirt that has just quotations and then it says St. Joseph empty? (laughs) No, but that's really funny. (laughs) I love it. So I'll be completely honest. I'm learning a ton about St. Joseph right now during the year of St. Joseph. And there are a lot of aspects of his life that I have not thought about and that I'm engaging for the first time. And I actually find that consecration book very helpful for for that. Surprisingly helpful um, for laying out different positions and making an argument for him. Also like the, the argument that he makes for the reverence theory of why St. Joseph wanted to uh, quietly dismiss uh, Mary was like, he says that, and he laid out a bunch of quotes from the church fathers and stuff. It's not something that's just modern. Um, he's like, there's a there's a real strand of tradition that says that St. Joseph was not only not scandalized by finding out that Mary was pregnant, but knowing her holiness, um, that he intuited something was going on that he was not worthy to be around. Um, and and so, like, yeah, like, that's an awesome We need to theory. figure out a mic drop cue. We don't have one, but that's what we need when these things are like mind blown. You know, mic drop sounds like. Yeah, I know. Okay, no, not a literal. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, so this is this is one of those things, um, and this is the way I I would think through it though. Um, if you're saying assumption of the body of Saint Joseph, it cannot be instantly because Saint Joseph, uh, as far as anyone that I've ever read can tell, right? Died before Christ did. Um, you're not getting somebody assumed body and body and soul into heaven, unless it's like this Enoch thing. Right. Right. Like, like the weird thing with the chariots and Elijah or Enoch, like those guys, like, okay, there is that thing. Not sure what to do with those. Um, let's not confuse our listeners. Yes. (laughs) But I know that it's not fitting for, like we believe, right? Because even in, dog- in yeah, and it's ahead. been dogmatically defined the assumption of Mary, body and soul, into heaven. We know she is body and soul in heaven right now, and that Jesus also is body and soul 
who ascended by his own power. Mary was assumed by the power of God. Jesus ascended by his own power because he is God. Joseph can't get there before them. And so if we're talking about bodily assumption of Joseph, we're talking after that. Um, that just doesn't seem to square well otherwise. Right, that he um, kind of waited in like this, you know, purgat- like <laughs> Sheol, you know. Whatever. Sheol, but whatever. Almost, yeah. Um, yeah. It's the effort that counts. Yeah, so like stuff like that, but how are we supposed to know? I don't know um, about those kind of things. I kind of... I kind of like the idea that his body is still buried and that it's incorrupt somewhere, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I haven't. I I I did want to say, and we have two others. So two, others. you know. At first, I was a little frustrated. I'll be honest that we haven't really. It's not mentioned his death, like, but it just goes along with the person he is and his humility and everything. Exactly. And it's a little frustrating at times, but it also, um, it's a great witness to be like, it didn't have to be something huge. Right. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Just did it. There you go. Now he can put down the Rubik's Cube. Now, now, Lord, you let your servant rest in peace. So. (laughs) The Rubik's Cube has been solved. (laughs) I this person asks um, anonymous asks. Uh, I feel the saints nowadays have to go through much more harder scrutiny mm. than the saints of old. We give Saint Joseph. It feels like at times a free pass when he said nothing in Scripture and just saying he cared for Mary and Jesus. And yet, saints nowadays have to have miracles and go through. Um, scientific evidence and different things like that. So what are we to do with that? I don't know if it's fair to say we gave St. Joseph a pass. He, <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> like, just, yeah, your grandfather did. <laughs> like, I may have some doubts. But. I mean, that's what I tell people. I'm like, I'm not really sure if I should have been named after him. But, <laughs> hey, he got in. It was before <laughs> this day. In. It's like the tobacco <laughs> sign. Like, this day... You can buy tobacco and older. He got in. He beat that date. Boom. He's grandfathered in. The 21 and older. The tobacco. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, well, you know, because it was changed. It's now 21. Is it? What was it before? When we were in high school, it was 18. Remember oh. that whole bit? You know, you would go. I was and, in Bermuda for high school. So that you could buy what? Cigarettes anytime you wanted at like 10? The drinking age is 18 in Bermuda. Oh, okay. Well. This is another reason that people shouldn't live in a British <laughs> colony. But anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> oh, it should that we gave St. Joseph a hard Oh, a hard path. Hard path. Yeah, okay, let's... I know what they're getting at, though. They are saying, like, nowadays, somebody gets investigated, the miracles, the yeah. five-year waiting period, which has been waived, but um, well, for some. So, I mean, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> like sort of the public, okay, the word is cult, but it doesn't like cult has this weird people think of the occult or they think of like um, weird groups in central Texas <laughs> and stuff who have compounds, not just Texas, but right. we, we do have a history here. Um, right. Yeah. They think of like, you know, a cult on a on a compound, like doing weird stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But the word cult also just means sort of, a particular devotion. Maybe I should just use that word instead. 
right? Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much over explaining this. Hard um, pass. Hard pass. <laughs> so, um, like, if you look at, I, I think it's interesting to look at the veneration of the saints through history and, and how all that worked. But, like, early on, it's just martyrs. And then they start letting other people in. So, like, I don't know if, if it was, like, easier back in the early days when it was just the martyrs Man, and everybody we else. Got, like, we should have like, got in back nope, then. Nope, you were tortured, but you didn't die. So, <laughs> all right. And then finally, finally, there's sort of this expansion of it to, like, well, okay, so if somebody confesses the faith, but if they're not killed, like, Maximus the Confessor got his, his tongue, like, ripped out. Yeah. I, I know it's gruesome. I'm sorry. But, but like, he... He confessed the faith, and so they mutilated his ability to do that, but they didn't kill him. Um, so what kind of veneration do we give like the heroic virtue manifest in his life and hold him up for public um, imitation as a model, right? And also we look to him for intercession as someone that we know for sure is in heaven uh, interceding for us as part of our heavenly family. That's what a saint is, all those things. When you publicly declare the cult of a saint. <laughs> yeah, it still sounds weird. Um, so, like, historically, it does expand uh, out a little bit more. But, it, like, you need some popular acclaim. You need a really massive cult. And I don't think that's true of a lot of modern saints. And so they need a more rigorous process in other ways, right? right. I mean, if there's widespread devotion, like, across the entire christian world to a particular person that's a pretty good indicator of their sanctity it's not a perfect indicator right which is also why we need to let things go for a long time so we can find out all the stuff about their life there's a whole process of it you have to get people who are sworn in um with an oath hand on a bible uh just to examine the writings and stuff of saints today to make sure that there's nothing contrary to the faith. And then yeah. if there is, to be like, okay, so in what sense? And how does this affect their cause for canonization? Like, it is rigorous, um, but that's because, like, it it kind of has to be, yeah. unless we're going to wait 500 years um, and still see if there's a great devotion to a particular saint, yeah. right? You want to wait 500 years for Mother Teresa? Like, <laughs> um Better we do a thorough investigation yeah. and we wait 50 years or something. Yeah. Um, or maybe yeah. not better, but that's yeah. where we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> That's yeah. where we are right now. That's why we So are. pretty much we answered hard pass. St. Yeah. Joseph. <laughs> hard pass St. Joseph. St. <laughs> Joseph beat the line and he just got in. You know, my, my thing is like, I look at it at sports. There's people that transcend the game. And so... Yeah. Like Pete Rose, Hall of Fame. I, you know, we did a whole episode <laughs> on it. Don't get me started, but... You know, you look at it like, is anybody going to doubt that Tom Brady gets in on the first ballot Hall of Famer? No. No, exactly. Not unless you're just being obstinate. Yeah. Like, you don't have to like him. Right. But it, you got to respect it. Yeah. God gave St. Joseph to care for Mary and Jesus. I mean, that alone should be like. Where the, do we stop? We got we to do this, do this process for St. Paul, too? We got to do this for. for the apostles. Well, most um, people can't even name all 12. So Yeah, but I if mean, they come to my daily masses. Boom. There you go. Boom. Okay, last one real quick. All right. We got like, this is, it'll be shortish. Um, hey, I know both of you mentioned you're doing the consecration. 
just real quick, what is your favorite kind of part of it so far? I know one thing sticks out to me, why you think. Um, I loved the day on St. Joseph as a young man, that he's not this grandfather type thing, whether it's true or yeah. not or whatever, but just that he entrusted, <laughs> God entrusted Mary and Jesus to a man who could physically take care of them, provide for yeah. them, work hard for them, like literally go to walk, Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Like walk all those miles for it. Like, and, and yet he's portrayed as a guy who looks like he's on his deathbed a lot of times and, you know, in portraits and different things. And, um, don't get me started on that, but I, I just love that image of it and saying, yeah. um, you know, he was this manly man. Yeah. No, I, I, I like so. that a lot too. Um, and that's that's one of the things where it's like, well, what do I always see in art? What have I always just kind of thought because that's a commonly held view? And so my favorite part of the book is actually what I brought up earlier um, about the three ways to interpret what it means for St. Joseph to um, to want to, to avoid exposing Mary to public disgrace, to quietly put her away, that... Um, Mm-hmm. what's the the greek word again it's not a hard one it'll come to me um starts with with apo but i can't remember the rest um yeah so like the three theories there and just the way he laid it out like i think that's worth the price of admission for the or the price of the book um yeah. just that eight page section um also when he says people just stop burying a St. Joseph statue. <laughs> Upside like, down. Yeah. Put it in your home and ask St. Joseph superstitious. That yes. Yeah, that was a good That was cool. Yeah, that was like cool. That, that And also the sleeping Joseph. I hadn't heard about that. Remember the whole thing, like sleeping Joseph, because like God spoke to him more sleeping than that, and by the statue of Joseph sleeping, and mm, you put an okay, intercept. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so well, I, I want to put. Okay. We're celebrating St. Joseph today, man. That's right. Keep, All right, keep so, forgetting that's today. Yeah, yeah, because we're not recording today. Well, you just gave it away. So everyone knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> so everybody, have an awesome Saint Joseph's Day. Amazing Saint Joseph's Day. Yeah. Hopefully, you get to go to one of our masses. If you're also, we're going to be live streaming one. Yeah, at 6. six p.m. We've got Fridays by the Fountain from seven to eight thirty. Joe Zambone is going to play. We're another have Joe Italian-ish desserts, which are really just donuts that we buy across the street, but they're kind of like Italian desserts. They're not a real. You've been to San Giuseppe. They're more or less, you know. I mean, hey. once you've had a real though, <laughs> Zeppoli, you know, yeah. like the Zeppoli di San Giuseppe. Yeah, oh. exactly. So, on behalf of Father Paul and Joey Scansella, we want to say, take care. God bless. Happy St. Joseph's Day. Pray for us.